you shoot them a note, email, LinkedIn, whatever, whatever you have to do to get in touch with them. Like, shit, go to their office if you have to. Like, just like sit outside their door. Like, and I've done that. And I, a lot of people I know have done that. Just go sit outside their office and like, they'll eventually talk to you. Like they have to, they have to leave their office at some point. Welcome to today's episode of The Seed, The Startup Journey. My name is Rick Liu, and this podcast is a series of interviews with startup founders. It is made for you, the curious student, talented innovator, and aspiring entrepreneur. Throughout this podcast, we will explore various startup journeys by discovering the genesis story behind these startups and gather advice in hopes that we can plant the seed of innovation and creativity in the minds of our listeners. I'm very excited to have Snay Pramar with us today. Snay is the CEO and founder at Lucky Labs, a company that is increasing in-store traffic and creating unique consumer rewards for omni-channel brands. Snay was on the pre-med track back in Georgia Tech, but took a leap of faith in exploring entrepreneurship. Hi Snay, uh, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as well as your company, Lucky Labs? Yeah, thanks for having me here, Rick. Um, so my name is Snape Mar. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia for most of my life. Uh, I now live in New York City. Um, my company is called Lucky Labs. And what we do is we developed a consumer shopping platform that allows brands and retailers to sell products to consumers when, where, and how a consumer wants to buy. So we basically have created a platform where as a consumer shops just normally as they do uh, through websites, physically or whatever it may be, but the experience is so personalized that they're able to buy the product and receive the product through the most convenient way for them. And can you walk me through the background story? So like, how did you first come up with that idea? Yeah. So that's a great question. So uh, really where the idea came from, it was a, uh, it was definitely multiple steps. We had different iterations of the company over the last year. Um, and we, we really came to this specific uh, idea slash execution when we realized that like the entire way omnichannel brands sell to consumers was broken. Um, personalization was a huge part because of like, all the data privacy laws that were coming into play. Like um, you're not able to gather data without consumers knowing there's certain data you can't collect anymore. And also like showing users the best way to buy one of their products based on where they are and what, uh, how they want to buy has become very, very difficult. So we realized like it was really an infrastructure problem. So we're starting at the ground level, building partnerships, with retailers, brands, and uh, consumers to really showcase that like, hey, as the consumer shops, they're able to understand where that product is in the moment in real life, if they want to shop physically or how they can shop digitally and it gets shipped from one of the closest locations near them so they can get it instantaneously. What we're really trying to push for is like this whole omni-channel marketing experience. So the brand, what you really care about is your that consumer is buying your product uh, no matter what and no matter through any channel mm-hmm. and so i was listening to your ted talk earlier and you said that you yeah. went to college thinking that you wanted to become a doctor so yeah i was wondering you know what was the turning point for you when you decided instead to start your own business yeah so um Growing up my entire life, all I'd ever known was like medical school. Like um, I'd spent years, even in high school before I went to college, like doing research at medical universities on types of uh, specialties I wanted to get into. And I really wanted to go become a neurosurgeon actually for a long period of time. And um, that was mostly because like, of like my cultural background and also like all the influence my parents had and their friends had because they were all doctors. 
Um, I really had no idea. Like, I just thought I was like, oh, that's the only thing I can do. Um, when I got into college, I took a leap of faith and started trying different things. I wanted to like see like, hey, I mean, what if there's something else that I could potentially like? So let me just give it a shot. I learned about this thing called entrepreneurship and startups, and I, I never knew what it was. I just like I just knew like yeah, I can, you could go build something. I didn't know what it, there was a specific profession or if there was anything like you could do to do it quicker. Um, and I really fell in love like building things. I loved like the fact that like you can take something from an idea or concept um, and literally bring it into fruition and make it into a product that someone uses every single day. And I love that idea of like people using product, your product every single day. And it's better than the way they did previously. It's better for their life. It's better for um, uh, convenience. It's quicker, whatever, whatever the case may be, it makes your life easier. And uh, I really fell in love with that. So um, I started tinkering around with like different ideas, like different um, business ideas that I could be working on. Uh, I started working with uh, one of my co-founders and um, started building out this platform that we have now called our Lucky Labs, basically, which is a personalized um, shopping experience. Um, and we really love the idea because like we see the future going to more of a brand focused world where everyone has their own brand or whether it's e-commerce, retail, whatever it may be. But how do you really empower them to um, sell those products and get it in front of consumers in the most simplest but easiest way possible? And that's really about understanding your consumers. So like we help personalize that entire experience. So that's how we got, that's how I got into like entrepreneurship, really just like fell into it because I started like loving that this idea and uh, just dropped everything else and went full, fully on board. Mm -hmm. And uh, in your TED talk, you also talked a lot about challenges and obstacles. And so I was wondering, what would you say was the biggest obstacle for you so far in starting your own business? Oh, the biggest obstacle. I think it changes, honestly, as you go through different phases of growth. Um, I think you have different obstacles that are the most important at that time. Um, if I had to look back and see which obstacle was probably the biggest for me, I would have to say getting out of my own way. I think I spent a lot of time and energy, like, like not like self-sabotaging by the way of like using what I'd learned throughout my growing up and using like, Hey, like things have to be done a certain way. Things have to be done by the rule, rule book basically. Like, and that's just how it has to go. And like, I quickly realized after like failing multiple times early on that no, like there's no rule book to like building a company. There's no rule book to like building what you doing, what you love. You just have to go and do it. No matter what avenue you find, you just got to take advantage of them. So I think like me finding that like understanding like, Hey, just go and do it. And like, just find the way to get around it. Um, really helped me uh, succeed because like now I'm no longer afraid of taking, taking chances or risks that I would have previously, because I just thought I, you're, you're just, you shouldn't do that. And like, now it's more of like, do first ask for forgiveness later if like there's an issue later but like just go and figure it out right now so i think that was the biggest thing like moving myself away from it as an obstacle in like my own journey and growth mm -hmm. and kind of on the flip side what would you say uh was the best or most satisfying moment for you the most satisfying moment in this journey was probably when i got our first investor to say hey uh i believe in you, you enough where I'll, I'll put money into you like literally building the stream like we had no we had no like product it was just a concept at that stage we were still in the real idea phase but like being able to showcase like hey i was able to portray what i had in my head to someone else to believe in a vision that i believed in was super satisfying and it showed me that like i had something of value here like i was able to get people around me to believe in my dream and now it's no longer my dream. It's, it's bigger than mine. It's like everyone's who's part of it. And I think that's really cool. It's like being able to take something I had in my head at one point 
to making it like truly a value and like to everyone and everyone wants to be a part of it. Like, I think that's so cool. And like that first time somebody was like, Hey, I'll write you a check. That was amazing. And if you could go back in time to when you were first starting out, what would you say is something that you like advice that you would tell yourself? I would say if I was starting out just now, I would tell myself, um, honestly, just like try as many things as possible. Try things like out of your comfort zone, honestly. I think I spent a lot of time like in my earlier years, like trying to like stay within a certain like path that I thought I had to belong in. And I think that um, definitely like did let me grow as quick as I could have at that time. Because like, I didn't like try things that I would never would have tried before. Like, I think when you're younger and like, especially like when I was just starting out, I wish I have tried like everything possible, like every avenue, like reach out to every single person and like, just tried all these different things. And like, I would have found something that I love doing. I would have found an, a channel that would have worked for me to help us scale quicker, potentially down that line. Um, and like being able to like do that. And I think over time, like, obviously you get more confident about like the way you're building a company, like who, you know, and then how to uh, use relationships to your advantage. Um, and I think like, that's something I would have like told myself before, like invest more into like so many di different avenues of growth and also building more relationships early on. Mm -hmm. And do you have any mentors? And if so, like, how did you first go about finding and approaching them? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of mentors, I would say, or like, a lot of people for different aspects of like my personal growth, for, the, for my professional growth, all that that I use. Um, and honestly, I don't think there is a true way to find a mentor. I think it's people that you interact with, that you come across, um, that you want to be like, or you want to learn from, or want to grow with. And I think that's the best way to do it. I think, um, I mean, there's always people like you watch like on TV or you watch people like, hey, like I, that, that person's super successful. I want that to be my mentor. And I, I say, yeah, go out and like try to uh, see if that person um, uh, would want to mentor you or like try to find those people. And I think there's a lot of people that inspire me um, uh, as well that I don't know. But as mentors go, um, I have a few that I've spent a lot of time getting to know better. Um, obviously, uh, you interviewed one of them, uh, Partha um was, was definitely like not really he was a mentor at one point i was like, just like a, a brother but like um we spent a lot of time together i always learned from him um there's a few other people like uh chris klaus uh who i met through georgia tech who was a serial entrepreneur from tech that had very good exits um he was really one person i looked up to uh at that time to like really like hey like you can build a company when you're young and like being naive actually is a benefit because when you don't know how something works, you don't know what the restrictions are. So you can actually think freely outside the box. So I think that was really cool. Um, and then, I mean, I have a, I'm just a bunch of other ones that like, I, I uh, wish I could name them all right now, but uh, there's a lot, but uh, I mean, honestly, everyone that I've ever interacted with um, that I stay in contact with that I like talk to is a mentor of mine. Cause like they always, help, they all help me in different aspects of my life. Um, and I think that's the best part about it. It's not like, like just whether it's professionally with my company, but I think personal growth is a huge thing. Like having mentors there, like people who you think um, do really well in life and are happy. I think like learning from them, like, hi, like what does it take to be like happy? Like, how do you know you're truly at that space where like you're not doing something out of like, whether it's greed or like trying to prove something to yourself or a chip on your shoulder, but doing something because you really want to see it come into fruition and you know, it's going to help others. And I think that's like true happiness, like waking up every day, smiling and like wanting to build what you're building because you know, it's because you know, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And you talk a little bit about advice for yourself, but I was wondering if you have any advice for someone like me, who's still a student, but uh, I'm interested in entrepreneurship and wants to potentially also start a company in the future. Yeah. 
No, I, so I love that question. I mean, I try to uh, mentor as many students as possible, help out as many students back in my alma mater, anyone who reached out to me. So uh, I'm glad you reached out. But I mean, honestly, to you, I would say like if you're if you have a specific industry, a specific passion that you like, I would say go find people building things in that space. Like literally, like no one's gonna say no to free help. If you really like are actually care about that industry and you actually like do your background research on that person, their company and stuff. You shoot them a note, email, LinkedIn, whatever, whatever you have to do to get in touch with them. Like, shit, go to their office if you have to. Like, just like sit outside their door. Like, and I've done that. And I, a lot of people I know have done that. Just go sit outside their office and like, they'll eventually talk to you. Like, they have to. They have to leave their office at some point. Um, and just be like, hey, like, I read about what you're doing. I like absolutely love it. Like, what can I do for you? Like, I just want to work for free. I just want the experience. I just want to learn from you. Um, and I would say, tr- like, take all these uh, chances you can get. And then also try things that you never thought you would like. I've actually found that super interesting, like being able to like join organizations, join companies or like join uh, projects for like short periods of time that you think like you would never have interest in, like just doing it for like maybe a month or two might actually get you interested in that space. You're like, wait, I actually kind of really like this. So mm-hmm. um, I think we all grow up in a really like finite uh, uh, growth pattern in terms of like you, there's a finite number of things you grow up with. So you have a, you have a specific view of the world. And there's so many views of the world based on like how you grow up, where you grow up, like what your family is doing. So like being able to like try those things can give you like really, really good understandings of like how the world works and like how other people live. And I think that can help you a lot. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And are there any books or podcasts that you would recommend? Yeah. So a book, uh, one of my favorite books, I have a couple. So one is uh, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Um, He's one of the founders of the, uh, one of the most notable uh, VC firms out of the Bay called uh, Andreessen Horowitz or A16Z. Um, I lo- that book, I really like one reason specifically. Like, it really talks about um, not just like the uh, highs and lows of growing a company, which like there's a lot of entrepreneurial books about that, but really about like the journey that he had and the people that he like interacted with and like the tough decisions that he had to make and how they always were the right reasons to do the things they did. whether they were b- good or bad uh, or viewed by like other people they were like the right decisions to make at that time and i think it tells a hard story like about entrepreneurship like it's all glorified these days right like you think you like start a company overnight but, like that's never the case i think that book really dwelled into like hey it's a process like every day is a new day you're going to be learning every single day it's going to be brutal at sometimes like you're going to hate your life and but some days you're be like, the greatest thing in the world and you just have to have an understanding, like keep yourself at a good, strong emotional intelligence level where you're able to keep going. And I think he does a very good job of portraying like what he did was for the right reasons and like, and, um, and it like helped him get to where he was today and like making tough decisions is important. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing about that book. Another book that I really liked was a book called A Shoe Dog. It's about the journey of the Nike founder. Um, so yeah, I think you might've read it, but it was one of my favorite books, um, as well, because like it, it's, it's a one, an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial book that doesn't tell you to do entrepreneurship at all. It's literally just a book about his life and how he built Nike to where it is today. And I love that because he's not trying to convince anyone. He's not trying to persuade anyone. He's just telling his story and like literally everything that happened, like all the shit that he went through, like the deals that like thought he had signed that just like didn't end up working, like the manufacturing issues he had in Japan in China, like all of that. Like I thought that was really cool. Like getting a firsthand account of someone's journey without any bias or without like uh, making it like fluffy or like changing some of the story. It was just like a real account of like what he did and like what he had to do. So I thought that was really cool. And 
I was wondering, so right now under the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, how has your business been affected? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think everyone's business has been affected. And I, it was funny, I saw a tweet about this that I had uh, reposted actually. Like, um, if you don't adapt your company to what happened with COVID, then uh, that's a bad sign. I think whether your company started doing better or worse, you should have changed your strategic game plan. So I think because of that, um, you should definitely have focused on like how to change what strategy you're using to go to market. For us, it's actually um, fortunate enough been beneficial because our technology is built for digital and physical commerce. So since we're combining the two, we've been able to see more growth because a lot of retailers and brands are trying to figure out long-term e-com strategies. So we're really focusing on that. So it's been beneficial to us. Um, and we're trying to help out in any way possible by like, um, we're giving away our platform for free right now for a lot of brands because we just want them to like get back to where they were pre uh, before COVID and then um, help them afterwards. And before we end, I also prepared eight rapid fire questions. So just try to answer them as quick as possible. So the first one, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, time. Like we're going back and forth in time, which I think would be really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, what time do you wake up every day? Oh, 7 a.m. What's something new you learn in quarantine? Oh, uh, so I'm learning how to stitch, actually. So like, I'm a lot, I love fashion. It's like one of my uh, passions. So, like I always tell myself if I wasn't running a tech company, I'd be running a fashion label or a fashion house. Um, so I'm actually learning how to like physically stitch right now, which I think is really cool. So making clothing. Mm -hmm. And who's your greatest source of inspiration? Oh, my greatest source of inspiration, um, I would say is uh, Elon Musk. I would say is one of like my greatest sources of inspiration, um, just because like uh, he does what he says one, but he's also not afraid to dream. And I, I, there's like one saying called like dream bigger, which I really, really respect. And it's like, I was like, my earlier versions of our company was always like dreaming. I think dreaming small because I thought it was more uh, achievable. And I don't think that's how you build the companies that add value for decades. I think it's like dreaming, like being crazy. It's the crazy ones that change the world. And like there's a famous Steve Jobs quote about it, about, right? Like the, the crazy ones that, that change the world. So I think like Elon Musk like truly defines that. He's like truly crazy enough to think of like things that like no one would think would work, but he does them. And like, then everyone's like follows suit afterwards and like tries to like, do the same thing. So that's awesome. And what would you do with a million dollars? Oh, if I had a million dollars, um, right now I'd probably save it with uh, everything that's happening with COVID-19. Just like try to like figure out ways to go outside. Um, I would probably uh, invest in my company, honestly. Like just so we can like keep building quicker. Uh, I think that'd be really cool. Um, I, I think I'd spend a good portion of that to opening up a barbershop of my own um, because I really need a haircut now. So um, if I think if I own my own uh, barbershop, I can get a haircut. <laughs> uh, and if you could choose any location to be the headquarter for your company, what would it be? That's a good question. I think I would, do, so I, I, uh, I love New York, um, but I also love LA. So I think that one of those two would be uh, one of my choices down the line. Mm -hmm. And what's the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received? To take every advice with a grain of salt. Because I don't, no matter who the person is that's giving you advice, whether they're the, your like inspiration, whether they've built a company that's exactly somebody yours, I think, people get advice based on their own biases and based on their own, uh, what they've learned in their, throughout their life. So um, I think it's always important to like, when somebody gives you advice, like definitely think through it. And a lot of people, everyone will give you advice. 
just right. figure out which ones work for you and which ones apply because no one has built a company the way you have in the same circumstances that you are building it in. So I think it's always different. So. And the last one, and you kind of touch on this a little bit, but if you are to start another company, what industry would it be in? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, definitely like something in the uh, fashion space. I mean, I love that space. Um, uh, we're right now, we're like a consumer tech company or like B2B tech company, but for brands. Uh, but I think like something in like the consumer, consumer space next would be cool. Like I, I, right now we're doing software, right? I mean, I, and I love software. Like my, my background was in uh, software and computer science. Um, but I think like building a product would be kind of cool. Like a physical product, I think it'd be an interesting uh, next step. Cause it'd be, it'd be so different from what I'm doing now. And I think that's just really cool. Like it'd be a new challenge that like I don't have any experience in, so. And yeah, so that's it for today's interview. Thank you, Snape, for taking the time to do this. Um, I wish you the best of luck running Lucky Labs and stay safe. Yeah, thank you so much, Rick. I mean, this is awesome. Uh, really good uh, being on your podcast. Um, looking forward to hearing more of the conversations you have with other people, but uh, thanks for having me. The three things I learned from Snay are, first, there is no rule book to building a company. Take advantage of whatever avenue you come across and just do it. The second thing is an advice for approaching a mentor. If you find someone you really look up to, try to reach them in whatever way you can. You can even go to their office, which Snay has done, sit outside the door and they'll eventually talk to you. Finally, dream bigger. Dreaming small because you think it is more achievable is probably not the best way to build companies that add value for decades. Like what Steve Jobs said, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you found this podcast meaningful, please share this with your friends and anyone who you think has a creative and entrepreneurial mind. This podcast is also available on YouTube, so be sure to check us out there if you want to see our faces. And before you go, make sure you follow us to stay updated for the next episode, which will feature a football fan who started his company during his MBA program, coming up next.